0: Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. Joining me this time for a chat is Ethan Alexanian from the Beatles-related show Fans on the Run. Hey, Ethan, thanks for being here. Hey, Marv, how are you doing? Not bad, thanks very much. How are you doing?
1: Uh, this is one of the first few times I've actually been on another show that isn't my own, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. First time I've actually been talk to about my show.
0: I I thought it would have been mentioned in some of the other shows you've been on, like when they was fab and uh, you've been on Two Legs as well, I believe.
1: Yeah, I I have been on Two Legs. The episode may be up whenever this goes up, but it is not out as of yet.
0: So anyway, how were you first introduced to the world of podcasting, Ethan? Well, I was...
1: See, my introduction to the world of podcasting is kind of weird because I, I've never been a huge fan of podcasts. Okay. The only reason I have one is because it was the most um, likely medium for what I wanted to do. You know, I, I, I occasionally see bits of like the Joe Rogan podcast and there's some other, other ones I follow. But I, I wasn't really too familiar with the world of podcasting until about this year.
0: Okay. So what got you into them then this year what why did you start you know listening to them and doing your own show how did that come about?
1: Um well so I don't know how many people know this but in in around March of 2020 uh there was this little thing called the the coronavirus.
0: Oh that, Yeah that little thing. Yeah.
1: That that lockdown everything. Yeah. And for a couple weeks i felt so deprived of human contact that i just wanted to talk to people mainly about the beatles and so i thought you know I'll, i'll do this under the guise of a podcast and that's basically how fans on the run started
0: okay so um explain what the show is all about then for the people hearing about you for the first time
1: well, the, the tagline for my show is like the podcast made by, for, and about Beatles fans. So, and the show is called Fans on the Run. So, it really does what it says on the tin. It's I, I bring on a guest, doesn't matter who they are. The only requirement is that they're a, they're a big fan of the Beatles. And I, I talk to them about how they discovered the Beatles, what the Beatles mean to them. We get opinionated with favorite albums, least favorite albums, songs. All that that good stuff, and I've had a lot of fun doing it since I started, and I've been able to talk to a lot of really cool people who I don't think I would have been able to otherwise. So I'm I'm really grateful for that.
0: Yeah, the good thing about it is that you seem to be getting people from uh, you know all walks of life. So you get the normal, shall we say, Joe on the street. Yeah. You get other podcasters that do shows about the Beatles. Podcasters, I'm guessing, that don't do shows about the Beatles. Uh, writers, and, of course, people that have um, worked with or or, or are in the industry as well.
1: Well, I've only done a few episodes of that sort as of now, but I hope to do more in the future of people who worked with the Beatles, knew the Beatles, that kind of stuff.
0: So how did you discover the music of the Beatles in the first place?
1: Well, since this is going to be uh, season two, I've been told, I, I can tell this freely, uh, if you want to hear more about this, you should probably listen to episode 50 of Fans on the Run. The Big 50th episode, spectacular. But where I, the the whole concept of that show is the script is going to be flipped. And I'm going to have uh, the wonderful kiddo tool on asking me about how I got into the Beatles. But I will tell you here, repeat viewing. Um, so about 2010, 10 years ago, or 11 years ago, depending on when you're listening to this.
0: Yep, eleven years it'll be. Yep.
1: Or it was it was like November of twenty ten. So ten in a bit. I I had always heard from some of my relatives about this mythical band called the Beatles. And you know, I, I was I listened to a lot of music. I was mainly a big Michael Jackson fan. Okay. But I, I digress. Um and then one day I was at home and I was sitting on the couch and we had this little wicker basket beside the couch that had just some junk in it. And there were a couple CDs. There's a Peter, Paul and Mary CD. And there was a CD of the blue album, the Beatles 67 to 70. Oh yeah. And I was like, ah, so this is the Beatles. And so I went up to my CD player, put it on and was absolutely blown away by the fact that Sergeant Pepper. And with a little help from my friends were two different songs, even though they sounded like the same song, my CD track number Went from three to four, and my little eight year old mind was blown. That was what sold it. And, you know, there was some Beatles stuff in the house. Like we had the the coffee table Beatles anthology book downstairs. And so I kind of co opted that. And so those were, you know, the two things that got me into the Beatles. And I haven't looked back since. (laughs)
0: No, I think that's a really good book as well. I've actually got two copies of it. I like digging into that.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I should have two copies of it because the copy I have was the copy that eight-year-old me had. And so it's kind of hard. I'm not going to say the rude word. It's beat to hell. It is beat to hell.
0: It's been loved and you can see the love there on every page.
1: Yeah. Although I should probably get another copy to you know keep clean and have it all nice look brand new because that that's what you do when you're a collector
0: that's true like like tom Hunyadi, he's probably got two copies who never heard of him. somebody from another beatles podcast you know that there are others but you know if you want to listen to them listen to them yeah you know yeah
1: uh i I kid i kid my my good friend tom (laughs) Hunyadi. Yeah, go go listen to Two Legs.
0: Yes, and then come back and listen to Fans on the Run and hear how it's done.
1: Yeah, we'll be waiting.
0: What would you say is your favourite Beatles album?
1: Um, it's it's a bit of a running joke on the show that I say to guests, remember, when you're answering this question, there's a correct answer. And whenever they don't give the correct answer, I get quite upset. And in my opinion, the correct answer is Revolver. It's not even debatable, in my opinion. Like, no one can convince me that the best Beatles album isn't Revolver. Yeah. yeah. It's not Rubber Soul. It's not the White Album. It's, God knows it's not Sgt. Pepper.
0: No, but they're all albums that I like. But I would, I would thinking about it, I would probably say Revolver as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's the perfect midway point. It is.
1: It's the transition from the early Beatles... But then you hear, you know, rumblings within of what's to come with Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour.
0: That's true. Yeah, it's the perfect, um, it is the perfect transition album yeah. between those eras. And yeah. their,
1: their songwriting is arguably at their most solid because they're still writing with each other. Uh, George is on his A-game. And th- this is really where the Beatles started experimenting beautifully in the studio. They had, They had done some stuff. You know that everyone else does, like the double tracking, and then they started doing like the very speed, like George Martin playing the piano slow and then speeding it up. Yep. But here's where you get all the backwards guitars and the ADT yep. and the tape loops and all that beautiful stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Paul's guitar solo on, uh, um, yep, yeah.
1: on Taxman.
0: Taxman, yeah. Oh. For instance, when uh, when he wanted to give it that sort of that sort of back reverse sound, isn't he, on the guitar solo. So he played it, then he listened to it backwards so that then he could play it the wrong way around and then get it played, then get it reversed. So it's got that sort of the whoosh yeah. sort well, of reverse. I've,
1: I've always um, tried to figure out how to play that, but I've never been able to because he's just going so fast and it sounds so yeah. clunky, but I love it.
0: It, yeah, it's it's a strange thing because you you would have thought it. Well, it shows that all of them helped each other with the with the songs, and they didn't mind doing. So you've got Paul there doing a solo on that, and you would have thought being a George song that George would have, you know, it would have been oh well, George is going to do a solo on his own song, but then Paul does that.
1: And then on she said, she said later on the album George was the one playing the bass. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, because of the the argument in the studio yeah. or whatever.
1: Yeah. The the supposed um, argument that Paul left the studio and then immediately got hit by a car and then they covered it up.
0: Right. So so they say, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which yeah. you heard to hear first, it's true.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, But there you've got the difference between the two of them on guitar solo. And because Paul is more, uh, he'll just play whatever comes to mind. Whereas George with his playing and also with his songwriting is very meticulous. George
1: is very understated.
0: Yes, absolutely. He always thinks things out. He doesn't just go for it.
1: That is not something, that's not a sentence that I think could be used to describe Paul McCartney no matter how much I love the man thought out is not a word I would use to describe his output.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would go along with that. So who is your favorite solo Beatle? Ooh, that, that, that's actually a toughie. Um,
1: I usually like to say George. Um, it, I i can tell you who it's not. It's definitely not Ringo. No. Um I like I like some of John's solo output. I feel like George had the best stuff overall, but McCartney had more, and so you had the chance for more good stuff. So I, I think it's going to be a tie between Paul and George. Yeah. Although best solo album, I will undoubtedly say is All Things Must Pass, even if it is kind of a, a generic answer. I don't think it can be topped.
0: No. And, of course, as I say to a lot of people, that the the sad part of all of this is that we've only got so little from yeah. John to be able to pick from. To, to think
1: if he had lived another 40 years, what other solo John Lennon albums we might have gotten.
0: Absolutely. That's true. And and how much better would, well, how would Milk and Honey have sounded if they'd have actually had time to work on the songs more rather than them being those initial recordings?
1: Yeah. Imagine if Milk and Honey was finished.
0: Yes. Definitely. So are there any standout moments in the shows that you've recorded so far and put out? Standout moments. Okay. Uh, There's been some
1: episodes that um, I'll, I'll break that up into two categories. It'll be like interviews I've really liked or really been happy to do. Because of who the person is, and then there are some moments that I, I think back to a lot that are just really fun. <laughs> like there, there's some guests that I've had, like a Wally Pedragic, uh Mark Lapidos, um, Ivor Davis, who was, you know, he was on tour with the Beatles, and amongst other things, like he was in the room when Bobby Kennedy was shot. He, he was there at the the universe at I think it was the Selma. Protests in 63 or something. It was, it was really cool. Um, And one of the moments I was listening back to the other day of something that I just really enjoy was I was listening to the episode with uh, my friend Sam Wiles. And um, it's the closest it's it's devolved into a shouting match where I'm just, I'm not going to say the words because I know you have to censor them out. But we he starts insulting some of my favorite Beatles songs, and some expletives get thrown around uh freely and i I really like that episode
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i'll I'll admit that i like uh, I like the fact that you you are both um I've said this to to Sam as well, the fact that um because you're both the ages that you are, and I don't mean that in any yeah. you know, what's it way you you come at the uh, the subject in a different way because we're sort of seasons I mean, I mean i mean i've been listening to the beatles since since birth so that's a long time yeah um but y- yourselves you bring a freshness to the to the whole subject because oh, of that thank you that's okay
1: i i don't think of it any differently though because you know you grew up with the beatles but i also grew up with the beatles we just grew up with the beatles at different points in time
0: yeah i i think it's because I grew up in a period where at some point it's almost a taboo word i think in the early eighties and the late the late seventies especially in in England with the music it yeah. was um it was sort of like oh you you don't you don't mention the beatles you know y you, you have because like, people mistook for instance um, do you know the um the clash song London calling yes yeah, where they talk about phony Beatles. Phony
1: Beatlesmania has been in that dust.
0: That's right, you know, and and they're they're on about and people took that the wrong way and didn't realise that it was about something. It wasn't about Beatles themselves. It was about the whole, you know, the whole what came afterwards. All oh, these are the next Beatles, and these are the next, and this, that, and the other. And it was sort of saying, look, that music's then. You can still listen to it. This is now, and <laughs> that's what it was all about. But people sort of took that as, well, you know, the punk thing is y- y- you ignore the Beatles because they, they, they're they back then and this is now and you shouldn't be even listening to them. And so there was that sort of thing going around back then.
1: Which, which is funny when you look back on it, because with some of those groups, you realized how influential, well, the Beatles have been influential to everyone, but the Beatles had a lot, more of an impact on the punk scene than I think some people realize. Um, I, I, you know, one of the biggest defenders I've actually heard in some arguments at the Beatles, even though he doesn't like the music very much is John Lydon, Johnny Rotten yeah. saying like he doesn't like the Beatles, but you are stupid. If you say that the Beatles don't matter and, you know, you hear the Beatles influence on bands like the jam and some of those other, early 80s late 70s bands
0: well the jam i mean start you wouldn't have start if you didn't have taxman exactly it's the yeah. same line. it's the same bass, basically yeah. oh man i love the jam so what are your favorite albums then by the four different beatles
1: is it cliché to say All Things Must Pass is my favourite George album?
0: No, not at all, no. I, I think, I can understand why.
1: I, I could, you know, pull a, a traditional me move and go for something like Wonderwall music, but no, I, I just like All Things Must Pass the best. For John, uh... Probably mind games.
0: I love that album.
1: It's a great record. Yeah. Paul, I'll I'll go on record. I've said it before. I I was even on two legs. McCartney too. Yep. Yeah.
0: I like that album as well.
1: I got called a troll a lot in the in the chat for that because I was talking about how much I liked bogey music.
0: I, I loved it when uh, I, th- I I don't know whether I said it to you or to somebody else when I went to uh, see paul at birmingham live about four or five years ago and he did uh, th- it, suddenly he started doing temporary secretary and it, it was amazing yeah. when he did that
1: i i think you might have told me but i same experience yeah. here when when those synth notes are I was just like, oh, my God, is he yes. doing this? Yeah. yeah. He hasn't done coming up in, like, 30, 40 years, but temporary secretaries in the I set know. list.
0: All need now is for, for, for Brian or Rusty to say to him, you know, next gig, can we do bogey music? <laughs> that would be <laughs> awesome. <sighs> Yes, it would.
1: I I would pay an immeasurable amount of money to see him do bogey yes. music.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think he's made a mistake by not touching one of these days.
1: See, I'm not crazy okay. about that song. It's uh, that was also why I got trashed because I put that in waterfalls at the very bottom of my rank.
0: Now waterfalls. I think um I think it would have done better to have changed that up a bit uh and not necessarily have done it the way that he did and in some ways it's it, it's a bit of a dragger of a song as well it's it sort of goes on in a way yeah. and uh, so it needed a slight tempo change to lift it and um yeah, a, a rearrangement probably with different instruments and make it more of a band thing, or I don't know.
1: Uh, I, I'm trying to remember if it was the B side or not. Because I, I, I much prefer the B side of that single, Check My Machine.
0: Now, I think that Check My Machine and Secret F- Friend are brilliant. I love those two. Yeah. Likewise. Like, if
1: those replaced Waterfalls and One of These Days on the record, it would have been quite possibly the most perfect album ever made.
0: Yeah, in some ways, uh, One of These Days doesn't fit the musical feel of the rest of the album.
1: No, it it could be better off on, like, London Town or something.
0: In fact, it would have probably been a better...
1: I'm saying that because I don't like London Town.
0: Okay, at at all?
1: (sighs) Ah. I like a couple songs. It's not like back to the egg where it's like, I think side one's really good and then side two isn't. Um, but, you know, I like good night tonight. I like
0: uh, with, with a little luck. Yeah.
1: Actually, wait, no good night No, It's not on. No it's,
0: not. no, it's another one of those cases where Paul recorded a song, but didn't include that song on the album.
1: Oh. Okay, yeah, then there's not much of London town I like that.
0: fact, them. no. Ah, good night was, was in the, was in the sessions for Back to the Egg, wasn't it? So, yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was a yeah.
1: 79 single.
0: Now I, yeah. I I posted up my 12-inch on my face. I posted up a picture of my 12-inch version of it last night actually.
1: Don't say it.
0: And the B-side as well, I think that's great. Daytime nighttime suffering. Well, that's a good one,
1: yeah. I I just realised I didn't give a Ringo. Pick okay. Yet, Uh, mm, uh good night Vienna. That's a great. That's a good record.
0: It is, and it makes a change from everybody picking the obligatory self-titled Ringo album. Well, that was yeah. intentional. But um, I like Buco. but a blues as well. See that that's i i feel embarrassed cuz i'm
1: kind of unfamiliar with his solo career for the most part not unfamiliar it's just oh i don't listen to his stuff that
0: much uh, that's the the country one yes it is yeah where they wrote songs specifically for yeah. him and th- basically they recorded it all before he turned up and he put voice, vocals to it yeah um does that, does that make him other than Paul, the only the only ex-Beatle, to have released two albums in the same year? Ah. Uh,
1: I think that... Well, actually, wait, which year did Paul put two albums out? Did, or what two albums were they?
0: Did Red Rose Speedway come out? Oh yes. Earlier in the yes. year, and then "Band on the Run" was later that year. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're right.
0: Wow, I'm getting knowledge out there.
1: Um. Now I I don't know if Ringo did did "Sentimental Journey" and "Boku Boku's Blues" both come out in seventy or did one come out in seventy? They were
0: both in seventy. I guess yeah, he is. So Sentimental Journey would have been around, was that March, a- April?
1: Oh, actually, technically John did too,
0: I think. Okay. Because
1: I think Life with the Lions and uh, Wedding yeah. Album both came out in 69. But you could also throw in Live Peace in Toronto.
0: Yeah. Wow, that also, That's three albums in a year.
1: Actually... I'm getting confused. I don't know if it came out in 69 or 70.
0: That would make two albums in 70, wouldn't it, if Life Peace in Toronto came out?
1: Yeah. Either way, John's at yep. two. Possibly yep. three.
0: George is slacking.
1: George, George is slacking. You know, he had that five-year break where he just, you know, made Shanghai Surprise.
0: Yes. I wish he'd have released a soundtrack for that. In Do a way, because um, number one, I would have liked to. I would like a copy of the the song. Is it uh, "Breath Away from Heaven"? Is it? I'd li- I'd like a copy oh, okay. of the version of that where he's got Lawrence on it. That's on the Shanghai Surprise soundtrack. That that is isn't available. You must be
1: crazy. I I like the title song. That's. That's that's about as far into the movie as I can get. Okay.
0: Yeah, yes, I've never seen the film.
1: A little, a little too much Madonna and Sean Penn.
0: Yes, at a time when they were not. more, yes, <laughs> dear me, it's a shame because Sean Penn is actually a good actor. Sometimes, most of the time. Yeah. So.
1: Well, he found El Chapo, I think. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Callers as well, with Robert. What's his name? Ah, oh, he was in colours with. Um, I forgot his name now. Robert Duval, I think. Yep. Oh. But but I I don't, but, uh, yeah I digress. I'm, I'm taking this away from there. That's a tangent. So um, I'll just go back to Wonder Wonderwall music, where you just sort of mentioned it in passing. I think it's a good album just to have in the background and just do all the you know, have other, do, doing other things with that just in the background, just chilling. That wasn't a dig at Wonderwall music. I, I, I love Wonderwall Wonder Wall music as well. That's why I've just pointed it out because I think it's a good album to just relax to and have in the background. Oh yeah, some of those tracks are actually really killer. They are, but it wasn't. It wasn't until Ed pointed it out to me that. I didn't know that those songs ended up not actually being on the in the film. Uh,
1: the The one that I th- I think is the best, and it's only on the you know remastered deluxe versions, is the the Remo Four in the first place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. An- Another Apple artist that, produced by George was it.
1: I, I don't know if they were Apple, but they were, like, hired as a studio band for that record. Okay. But I, I think I once heard that song on the Beatles channel on Sirius XM, and, you know, it, it just about blew my mind. <laughs> well, it's like, they're playing this on the radio? Wow. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Wow, next thing you know, they'll be playing Revolution 9.
1: They probably have. I think it was also the same night they played Claw 2, calling documents of interplanetary craft on the Beatles channel. Wow.
0: Wow. I'm I'm not sure whether I prefer that or the Carpenters version. I, l- I like them both.
1: Claw yeah. 2 all the way. Canadian. But,
0: yes. There you go. They, they weren't the Beatles. They were another band, by the way. Yeah. No. Claw 2's good in Absolutely. their own, right? So when you're getting ready for each show, what research do you do in preparation for the chats with the people that you talk to?
1: Um, it's, it's funny to say, I actually don't do a whole lot of research. I, I don't invite a lot of guests that I don't know at least something about. And for the normal questions or for like normal people in normal questions, there's not much research you can do because it's, it's like an opinion show and it's people's own personal stories.
0: That's true. So when you're doing the show, do you have a set uh, pattern of what you ask or is it just natural and flowing and you just come up with the questions as you're recording?
1: Um, I wish I could say it was completely natural and free formed or I I try and keep it as loose as I can, but I will admit, Your Honor, I I do use a set set of questions for each episode, although I kind of tailor that to whichever guest it is, and I add more on top of that, and I I try to keep it um, loose in the way that whatever follow-up question I have usually relates to what the guest last answered,
0: Okay, so looking at the guest then, uh, you've already explained about why you asked them to come onto the show and the reasons for why you picked them. How do you actually get the guest to take part in the shows?
1: Well, it's a lot of it is this wonderful thing that we like to call Facebook because a lot of them are on there. (laughs) And so I, I don't even hesitate a lot of the time. I just send them messages like, hey, or, well, I say it now and it sounds unprofessional, but I, you know, write up a a nice message explaining what the show is, why I think they'd be a great guest. And, you know, if they have any questions, please ask me. And nine and a half times out of 10, they say yes right away. I don't know why. Clearly means they haven't heard of my show if they say yes right away.
0: (laughs) I think there's, yeah, there's something really. Different about this year. I mean, you, you sort of touched on it in, in a sense earlier, where I think it's a side thing from the corona that's going on where people are at home and they're more freely available to do these things. But also, I think over the years, it's been kind of accepted that, that podcasts are a, a real serious thing now, as opposed to years ago, uh, a lot of people saw it as a bit of a fad. But now it's become more acceptable, so I think it's easier now for people to to say, "Look, yeah, okay, I'll I'll go on your show and I'll talk with you for for a while."
1: Yeah, and I'm glad of all the times to start a show. I started it when I did, because now, like you said, people are at home and they have more time to do things like this.
0: That's true, and some people they might they might like it as well because you're touching on something that's important to them and that means a lot yeah, as well. Because because music is the one thing, in my opinion, that you can fall back on no matter how you're feeling or how you are. It's, it's always there. Exactly.
1: And especially for a lot of these people, the Beatles music is like a central pillar in their lives.
0: It is. So how do you record the show and then edit the show together?
1: Okay, so... It it varies on whatever medium I'm speaking to the guest through. Uh, some of the time I record through Zoom. Yep. Some of the time I record through a service called Clean Feed. Um, usually, what I do is I I try and get the cleanest audio possible from the guest. Sometimes they record on their end and send send it to me. Like it's happened a few times. Like uh, Ron McNeil from the Fab Four, bless his heart, he he did that for my episode um, or for the interview with me. Um, But with clean feed, I'm able to get really clear audio from the other end. Um, And I, you know, bought a a decent microphone towards the start of the show. And so I, I usually just record my audio as clean as I can. And what my editing really is, and is you can tell listening to the show apart from the occasional uh, name that gets redacted of a certain author um, who I'm scared of, and (laughs) occasionally some uh, rambling tangents that could probably get both my guest and I thrown in prison. Um, It's not edited. So all I do is I I slap the uh, intro and the outro, uh, put some EQ, maybe like a, a noise gate, and some compressors, but that's it. Okay. Like again, if I may quote the jam, uh, not in verbatim, but like what you hear is what you get.
0: Yes, that's that's a good quote. That's good.
1: Yeah. Well, I know it's what you see is what you get, but I
0: I altered I know it. Is, yeah, that's all right. That, well, you know that that's entertainment. Yeah, but that's. <laughs> so, let's
1: um... something 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 down in the tube station at midnight.
0: Oh. Yep. 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 So the show music how, how did how did you get the show music and the the introduction how did that come about?
1: Well, um the the introduction like the this is fans on the run that's that's my good friend Richard. You know, he's broadcast student, he's in radio, he's all over the place. And, uh, you know, whenever I need voiceover stuff, I just ask him. And, you know, he did it. And I haven't changed it because it's good. And for the the music, this may change in the near future. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, But right now it's this... uh, It's... I I can't really talk at length about, you know, creative process because it's basically just... Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds with a different coat of paint. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know I spent a, a day multi-tracking that
0: you know so so is is that, that you uh, that's I, yours then like I've done my tune you've done your music as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The hardest part was recreating the organ sound from Lucy because yeah. it was on a Lowry heritage organ. Which they they don't make like a VST of, so I, I had to make do with some Farfisa plugin, and EQ the the hell out of it.
0: Okay, it's not on it's not on Reason, is it? The no.
1: No. Well, I, I don't know if it's on Reason.
0: I, I might I might have have to have a look soon and see if I've got it on Reason. I don't know. But, um, so. Yeah. What else was I, going to
1: say? I I came up with a guitar part, but um, I don't know if I'm competent enough of a player because um I couldn't play it in one go, so I had to piecemeal it together with. so play like do 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 and then play the next part and then splice them together.
0: I think a lot of people do that nowadays in the day of digital days of digital recording.
1: <laughs> well, that's why true. wouldn't if you? Can
0: copy, if you can cut and paste, then it's a lot better than the old days when you used to have to punch in on tape.
1: Yeah. I oh, think that's, that's what's really endearing about the Beatles studio work to me because this stuff was all done with, you know,
0: razor blades and. Tape. yes yeah I, I don't miss those days <laughs> so i'm intrigued because you mentioned earlier on an artist that i'm also a fan of from when i was was younger michael jackson so um what other music do you like listening to then that's not beatles related
1: well that's that's um experienced a bit of a well i i've I feel like this year has been good for one thing other than the podcast is that I'm listening to a lot more music now. Like I've always liked a lot of other bands, you know, the who has always been a very, very close number two in terms of my favorite band. You know, I love um, mainly groups. I've been listening to these days, XTC, um, the move. Uh, I I love the small faces. The uh, early, t- early '60s to late '60s Rolling Stones, mm. a lot of really good. Um, th- they call it freak beat, like obscure British mod psych from the mid to late '60s. I've been listening to a lot of that okay. this year. Which, as a record collector, is a nightmare because all those singles sold like five copies, and now they're all worth like five grand and I'm not ready to pay that much for a 45.
0: I'm intrigued now. I- explain anybody that's, uh, you know, Freakbeat, what, what what sort of songs and artists would, would be in there?
1: The, the closest mainstream parallel that you might have heard of is some of the Small Faces stuff kind of falls under the Freakbeat umbrella. Okay. Same as some of the Move stuff. It's, it's the transition from, like, the mid-60s R&B mod stuff um, to when it started getting really kind of heavier and psychedelic, okay. it's like the midpoint between the two. So there's a lot of great bands that were on, especially the the Small Faces label. Immediate, like there's a band called the Fleur de Lee. Okay. There was a band called the Factory, the Action, the Attack. Yeah. Um, God, there are so many bands. I have a
0: couple of those. Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah and a lot of them oh one of my favorite freak beat groups uh is a band called tomorrow oh yes tomorrow is fantastic With
0: S- steve howe on guitar
1: steve howe from mm. yes and uh the drummer twink. twink yes yep. he was in in the pretty things wasn't he? yeah
0: yeah was he in the pink fairies as well he was in the pink fairies yeah.
1: And I think he was in that one group that, like Sid Barrett was in for like, felt like five minutes yeah. in the early seventies. Like it was called like Sparks or something.
0: Yeah, Th- there's a great interview with Twink on um, on Jason Barnard's show, The Strange Brew Podcast. If you're interested,
1: I'll have to go listen to that because so I-, I could listen to that man talk for absolutely, ages. yeah. Twink is an infinitely fast or infinitely fascinating
0: character. Absolutely. So I'm guessing when you were talking to Kit then that you were, that you was probably 50% talking about the Beatles and 50% talking about Michael Jackson.
1: It was, it was more, maybe 20% Michael
0: okay. Jackson. <laughs> Cause I know you yeah. both have a similar, we, you know, look. Oh, we, we do. Uh,
1: you know, Michael, I love his music.
0: Me too. So do I.
1: Regardless of some of the allegations that have been made, whether or not they're true or not, you can't deny that the man was, you know, gifted and that he put out some fantastic stuff.
0: He did, but then there was some stuff that he didn't put out that was also fantastic.
1: That he did. did. Um, I really like what I've been finding myself listening to. If I'm listening to Michael Jackson... A lot of the early to mid
0: '90s stuff, like on the Dangerous yeah. album, History. Yeah, History is a really good Ritz. one. I mean, I like um, Blood on the Dance Floor as well. I think that's a good album, and that's, oh, that... that's so underrated.
1: Well, it, isn't it mostly remixes though? There's there's a couple of new
0: songs, oh, yeah. but it, it's mostly remixes. I mixed it up for that other album you brought out that was, oh, what was that album called? Dangerous? I, I I know about dangerous. I'm thinking of the one. Is it like a came out in all different colour, depending on which. Uh, invincible. invincible. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, because you got you rocked my world uh, on I, there. I'm and... I'm not super crazy about Invincible, no. but I think there's some really good stuff uh, on there. Mixed in. There is. But you've got the, you've got a problem in a way there where you have it with a lot of lot of groups now where you can have an album where there's almost too much going on on an album because you've got all that amount of space on a, c- on a CD it's almost like the compactness of the old days with a vi- with a vinyl album where you only had 30 minutes or so to be able to fit onto both sides it's almost like that was a nice compact yeah. size um and you know you were limited to you know, in in Britain, like 14 tracks
1: per side. Oh no, 14 tracks in, on an album yeah, in total. And the, and those
0: songs it. are always like a maximum of three minutes as well, which is, which is crazy. Exactly. Thinking that you get all that in a period of three minutes. And then when you think
1: of all the good singles from the period, barely half of them were even over two That's minutes. That's true, yeah. It, it's even like unheard of to hear a single that was like over three minutes definitely
0: yep that's true so so coming back to the beatles in a way with that you've that's that's something that's interesting as well because you've got in the period of four or five years well five years or so you get from from the quick two minute single to hey Jude, which which is just crazy it is crazy
1: especially when you like look at earlier that year, the single like lady Madonna was still
0: like two and a half minutes or so. Absolutely, The, uh, how quickly they transitioned from one to another, to another, to another, and they grew is, is ridiculous because the amount that they were putting out constantly as well.
1: Well, th- this kind of shows you how, uh, esoteric my brain works and, uh, the first thing that came up when I was thinking about how long "Hey Jude" was was a lyric from "Get This," a Barren Night song. Okay. Um, it was this one about the Olympics, and it's like the marathon was long, or the marathon was as long as the Beatles' latest song. <laughs> I I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of.
0: That might be what they were thinking <laughs> of. I think. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm probably the only 18-year-old Canadian making Baron Knights references.
0: I know. I, I never expected that at all. There you go. No. You you learn something That's new every true. day. It's like the Monty Pythons with the Spanish Inquisition. You should never expect. Yeah. It. <laughs> Don't even
1: get me started on Monty Python.
0: <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew. I should get that one out.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Stop that! Stop that! It's silly. Yes. <laughs> so, could you name one one song that you think is overlooked by each one of the four separate Beatles, and possibly an overlooked Beatles song?
1: Um, overlooked John Lennon song Meat City."
0: Yep, great. That's
1: marriage. that. That's a great track. Yeah, McCartney. I'm I'm gonna say "Bogey Music."
0: <laughs> okay. Yep.
1: It's to be expected. Um, Underlooked George song. Ah, uh, God, I can't think of one. Ah, uh, I actually don't know. Um, yeah. Underlooked Ringo. Uh, I mean it's it's popular, but it's it's still underlooked. way of the world.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But because I th- I it's it, yeah. it's late period, Ringo. I think that whole album is is overlooked. Time takes time. Time takes time. Love. great album. And um, underlook
1: Beatles song. It's all too much. Um, Although it's hard to say there's an underlooked Beatles song, considering there's about 586 podcasts about the Beatles.
0: Yeah, j- just a few. So, um, uh, other than, um, your work on your own show, you also provide artwork for others as well, like, um, Two Legs. So uh, how did all that come about? And, and um, what do you use to create that artwork?
1: Well, it, it started off with, you know, Andy Nichols, reached out to me, good friend Andy. Um, he was asking me about the software I use, which is, you know, nothing fancy. It's just Photoshop. Okay. Um. And he was asking me, like, how do I, you know, do this? And I just offered, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just do the thumbnails yeah you know, it's no skin off my back okay and you know i did i did them still doing them
0: <laughs> cool anyway other other than your own show you are also now a co-host on the show when there was fab and have i've had i've had chen as a as a previous guest already about that so, F- so how did that come about
1: um it came about, kind of, uh, long story short, um, I had appeared on one that was fab twice, talking about the anthologies, or the the TV broadcasts. And, um, you know, uh, Lonnie was, uh, you know, gone for a period of time with, with the show. And uh, Ed was looking for a, a temporary, you know, fill-in. A temporary secretary if you will. Um and I was one of the I think one of the people he asked and so I was free. Uh yeah, and I just did it and then Lonnie came back and you know, like one big happy family. I I didn't leave. You know, squatters rights.
0: Yep, I'm here now. I'm not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nope, I've already settled in, made myself comfortable.
0: That's it. You have put the cushion on the on the chair, and you you're stuck there now. Exactly. And it's got your name. It's got your name written on the back. I've nailed the chair to the floor. Yes. So,
1: and I've nailed the cushion to the chair.
0: That's good to know. That yes. is good to know. So, do you think things have changed slightly with with when they was fab since since you've joined?
1: Um, I don't really know. I think they, I'm i speaking as someone who, you know, is on episodes. Um, all I know is I just have fun doing them.
0: Okay. I, I just mean, do, do you think it changes the, di- the dynamic where now that you've got three people in there, does it, you think it, um, makes it more of an interesting and, uh, I don't, I don't really know how to, to explain it.
1: No, I, I get what you mean. Um, yeah. I think so. I, I don't know if it's better, but it's, you know, a, a different dynamic with the with the three of us. And then there's still episodes where it's just Ed and Lonnie, and then there's episodes where it's Ed and I. Ed, Ed is the only constant. Ed will be here long after both of us are gone.
0: Like uh, like Paul McCartney was Beatle Ed, Ed Chen is when they was Fab Ed. Exactly. Yes. So what other podcasts do you listen to, Ethan?
1: Oh, I listen to all my friends' podcasts. Uh, but yeah, I, in terms of Beatles once I... Well, it, you see, it, it's hard because I have such a, a short attention span. So I, I try and listen to as many podcasts as I can. But there's only a few two really consistently. I'll, I'll name a number of them, and those out there who know which ones I listen to them will know. But you know, okay. talk more talk. Two legs. Uh, when there was fab things we said today. Uh, Paul or nothing. Something about the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles naked. And I'm sure I'm leaving out a, a glass onion. I'm I'm probably leaving out. You know some really important
0: ones that I really like listening to a lot. What what do you, do you listen to? Any that aren't Beatles related?
1: Um, yes. Uh, although it's it's one with a it's a kind of a rude title. Can I say it?
0: Yeah, yeah go on. Okay,
1: it, it is called. Um, keep in mind, it's still one of the most like successful podcasts, like financial wise. It's called Come Town okay yeah it's kind of political kind of not it's very very rude and my friends and i all love it and we just send each other clips of the show all the time
0: okay that's yeah interesting title It it is an interesting title yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There, there's so... a similar one with a it's a it's a nicer title called chapo trap house
0: Yes, I know where they got in with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So even though you're a new podcaster, sort of yourself, although saying that you've done a lot of episodes being a new (laughs) podcaster. That I have. What what advice would you give to other podcasters starting up for the first time? Um, Don't overthink it.
1: I feel like that was my biggest worry. It's because I am I'm anyone who knows me knows I'm ridiculously self-conscious. I, I put on this facade when I'm doing the show of someone who's confident, someone who, you know, jokingly doesn't know what they're doing but does and is sure of themselves. That is that is not true. Um I'm quite insecure, but I would my advice would be to anyone out there doing it, just go for it that's that's the best advice I can give. Just go for it. That is great. Don't advice. think twice.
0: That's yep yeah, yep. Yeah, just go for you it. You
1: won't know if it'll work until it you you do it.
0: And when you've got the money, get get some better equipment, a better microphone. Oh, that. Whatever, that use, what indeed. you've got at the moment, and then
1: yeah. And try and like another piece of advice I give to people is, um, look into like software like. A Zencaster or i i use clean feed because it's free but to try and improve the audio quality all around
0: okay what's what software by the way do you actually use when you're editing the show together
1: um this is embarrassing because i have a lot of really good software at my disposal like i have like adobe audition i have uh even though ableton's not really meant for editing i have that but I use a software for the most part because it's easy, uh, called
0: Mixcraft. Okay. So what is Mixcraft then, and how does how does it um, work? It's
1: if you've ever used GarageBand, it's pretty much that. It's it's a really okay. kind of simple DAW.
0: Yep. Or DAW. A bit like yep. Audacity. Things like
1: that. Yeah. Well, it's I, it's different than Audacity because there's you know MIDI stuff in here, so you can use like VSTs and plugins and all that stuff. That's where I I did the the theme, right? You know, it's it's really easy for me to just play with myself. Actually, no, that came out much
0: worse than I thought it would. Okay, and that might be a subject that we we'll mentioned mention in a future episode with the people from Bad Council. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the chat show version of, or for the advice show version of Pods Like Us coming to you very soon. <laughs> that that will have a uh, parental advisory attached to it, shall we say.
1: I mean, I think I've got my bases covered because all, all the fans on the run episodes, even if I don't even swear, I think I just make them all show up as explicit just to be on the safe side.
0: <laughs> In some ways, it would have been easier to have done that from the off because then I wouldn't have to do quite so much uh, editing and trying to see if I can get... S words or f words that are re- really close to other words out or
1: because i think any anyone listening who's familiar with my show knows that i'm i'm kind of fond of the f word
0: so what what have you got coming up then ethan uh for, for anybody who's interested
1: well actually there's uh if this is going out on monday then uh, this coming friday the I want to get the date right. The twenty sixth. I'm uh, appearing on another pod, uh, Blotto Beatles. They're they're doing a, a charity event for ALS one, uh, which is a trivia contest, and uh, I, I'm one of the the people asking questions along with the with the aforementioned Sam Wiles. Uh, Ken Womack's going to be there, and uh, BC the Beatles. Uh, Alison and Erica.
0: So where can people find the podcast and how can people get in touch with you?
1: Well, um, you can f- listen to the show just about everywhere podcasts can be heard. I'm not even going to attempt to, to list all of them because I have no idea where they can be found. <laughs> Cause Podbean has probably signed me up for a billion services that I don't even know about. But you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts. I mean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio.com, Podbean, Podbay, Stitcher, The Usual Suspects. And you can also find them on YouTube where I I post them there. And I also, you know, you can find me on Facebook, the Fans on the Run podcast, Twitter, um, Instagram. I I really like because I'm able to post all the uh, artwork I do for the shows. All the Because the, I, I love doing that for each episode, doing a custom cover of whoever it is inserted into a, a Beatles album or single sleeve or solo album or single sleeve, whatever it is. And so I post all the artwork there on Instagram.
0: I think it's fun when you do that, actually. Oh, I, I love doing it. It's much like I, I like the pun that you've got with the title of the uh, the show as well.
1: Well, I didn't come up with the title, so I, I have to admit no. that.
0: Go on then. Who came up with the title? Well,
1: I, I had him on the show. There's a collective of fans called the fans on the run. They, they go okay. around from like Paul McCartney concerts. They follow him around on tour and, you know, they're, they're a bunch of wonderful people and kind of the main guy involved is a guy named Ricky Glover. And Ricky is, you know, a very sweet man. And I, I had him on fans on the run and we kind of, you know, cleared the air in, in a sense And I said, you know, sorry for stealing the name. And he said, after, you know, we're all just fans on the run after all, which is Mm -hmm. true.
0: That's obviously not one of the 12 episodes I've listened to so far. Oh, okay. Okay. I need to, as with most of these shows, I need to listen to all of the shows and catch up.
1: Well, I mean, I I have put out a lot of episodes, so I, I can't blame you. No. No. I, I wouldn't listen to all of them this is probably the worst thing a guy with a podcast could say it's like i don't blame you for not listening to them all
0: i will i will end up listening to them all yeah at some point
1: at some point I'm sure.
0: yeah i'm sure okay thank you once again ethan for being here and thank you everyone for listening and i hope you will return for another episode of pods like us I won't put that in the show then, shall I? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. What What's your favorite Rush album?
0: My favorite Rush album is probably Moving Pictures.
1: That That's a That's a solid choice. Yeah. I, I love Moving Pictures, but I also like the. I really like the follow-up. Uh, Signal. Yes. Yeah. And some of the. One of my favorite Rush albums is actually uh, a couple from the early '90s: uh, "Roll the Bones" yeah. and uh, the one after that, "Counterparts."
0: Yes, I love both of those albums, and "Counterparts" was interesting. I mean, you wouldn't know, but when that came out, it was a surprise to people as well because you'd had the you'd had the, the "Roll the Bones" and before that, you'd had "Presto," and then suddenly um, "Counterparts." you've got that searing it's just all oh, yeah. all out borderline borderline grunge. grunge just starts the album fabulously and it just flows beautifully from one song to the next and it's, it's 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 a perfect album
1: i i can't remember what the first song on the album is is it is it stick it out
0: yeah i think i think it might be
1: that, that's a song from the album that always sticks out to me. No pun intended. Yes, pun intended. I actually really like some of Rush's really cheesy
0: mid-80s stuff, too. I, I like the mid-80s, but then again, I started, I think my first album I bought with by them was Grace Under Pressure, I think. Okay. Although it might have been Hold Your Fire. What?
1: What What's the one? Be- Power Windows. That's the one I'm thinking of with, like, the big money, yes, yeah. which is somehow the most 80s thing I've ever heard,
0: yeah, the, even though it's Rush. And the most 80s video they've done as well.
1: No, the most 80s video is the one for Time Stand Still.
0: Oh, yes. With, uh, with that beauty. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's got... Oh. But saying that you, you've, yeah, got but a, you've got got they're
1: in front of yeah. the green screen and, uh, and the cameras moving around well
0: it's, oh, it's terrible effect on there but you've got b- behind all that though you've got that beautiful vocal from a- from Amy Mann on there. yeah
1: plus it, it's a solid oh, song
0: absolutely yeah. and
1: it's, it's typical mid- 80s rush
0: it is, but the amount of different bits that they get into that song is incredible. You know, all the different changes uh, and everything in there.
1: Rush is like one of those those like I'll say like prog ba- or prog rock bands that you either love or you hate. Yes. Like yeah. some people, you know, either love or hate yes, uh, King Crimson. I love King Crimson.
0: Me too. I'm not one of those that would pick an era for King Crimson and say that's it either. I'm um, an all through, I can see a through line from the beginning to where they are now. Well, I,
1: I wish I could say that. I'm more so a fan of the like early King Crumbs and stuff, like the first two or three albums. Okay. Mainly like the Greg Lake stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they put out the, the Procol Harem albums, the Move albums. I think like... Some of the early Joe Cocker stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, but but you've got acts like that where Chris Blackwell, I think, in a way, I think he, who you know, for people listening, Chris Blackwell was the man behind Island Records. So mm-hmm. I think with him, I think he was really clever in that he picked picked artists where he knew he'd got artists like you know, with Traffic, you've got you've got Steve Winwood, so you know you're going to have the whole mm-hmm. it single with them anyway. Yeah. So it's almost like he had a perfect fifty-fifty. Where he'd say, "Right, we've got the experimental this side, but we can make, but we can keep going with that because we're getting the money from, you know, oh, we've, we've made. We've made a fortune with Paper Sun, or or whatever."
1: Well, same thing with same thing with Immediate Records. Yeah. You know, they were able to put out a lot of bands that wouldn't have been on labels otherwise. But Andrew Lou Goldham was raking in the money from the Small Faces stuff. And, uh like Chris Farlow and PP Arnold and you know like amen
0: corner yeah. well that, that's that's a good that's a good uh, uh yeah that that's good what you've just said really because you know with with the small faces you've got another band there where they write the hits but they also aren't afraid to to do the experimentation I mean Ogden's is, oh, is an absolute oh incredible piece of work. You, you, well,
1: you have the whole side B being, uh, you know, the, the they call it like a fairy story yeah. narrated by Stanley Unwin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you sitting comfy ball two square on your body? Then I'll begin.
0: Stanley Unwin. I remember Stanley Unwin yeah. from a Gerry Anderson series called A Secret Service.
1: Wasn't he in uh, a lot of the goons stuff too? He might have been.
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm not super familiar with with the Goons, but I, I think I remember hearing that.
0: He might have been. I mean, it would have fitted in well there with with Spike and yeah, and uh, and Harry and Peter Sellers and Michael Bentin He would have fitted in there perfectly.
1: Oh yeah. you know what we could do i I occasionally do this thing on my uh channel where i bring someone on and we talk about an album track by track and i've wanted to do the moves first album for a while but i haven't found a willing subject
0: (laughs) i'm gonna have to listen to that again i've not heard their first album for a long time
1: yeah oh it's i think i told you i picked up Deluxe CD copy the other day I don't even buy CDs anymore But I picked it up because it's just fantastic But Imagine starting off an album With like Yellow Rainbow And then going into Kilroy Was Here And then all those fantastic tracks Like Walk Along the Water Useless Information Then the hits like Fire Brigade And Flowers in the Rain I'm just rambling
0: No, you're not rambling at all Brilliant Yeah me. Overlooked genius, Roy Wood. Overlooked indeed. Yep, absolutely. Brilliant. Anyway, thank you very much, Ethan. I'll catch up with you soon. Okay.
1: Thank you. I'll I'll send you the uh, audio probably via like a Google Drive. Okay, that's that's fine.
0: That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ethan. Right. You take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. It's. I'm. I'm trying to venture more into the the paragrap world, because you know I like my I like my King Crimson. I like some of the yes I know, and so I'm like. I I knew my dad, my my late dad, liked Genesis right. a lot, so it's like, oh, I should probably give this stuff a whirl,
0: and I really like it. So, so what what uh, what era of Genesis we, we should add a an everything Genesis, or was a specific era Genesis?
1: Um, Peter Gabriel
0: Genesis, yeah. Yeah. up till seventy four. Yeah, yeah, it's seventy four. Is it 74 74 yeah lamb lies down on broadway 74 yeah so uh, yeah dear me. yeah that's that's another
1: of course my my favorite genesis album is the first one genesis to
0: revelation wow yeah. okay that's cool i like that album i think it's yeah. overlooked I, I like it it's like the transition from um, psychedelic to prog exactly because you've got the uh, the uh, the orchestration from the psychedelic, um, and that, and yeah. then it, it leads into the prog with the uh, the use of the boy uh, well, with the everything else. Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, it's like a cross between like you know Days of Future Past, SF Sorrow, and then What's to Come. You know, that's true.
0: Oh, you've got music on your end now.
1: I've got music on my you
0: end. Have. I just heard, heard, I, I just. Hear. I heard something on your end, like a boom. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> I may. I may have like bumped my mic
0: stand. Was this it? Yes. Yeah, But a little bit deeper. Yeah. That, that, that was my mic. yes,
1: that was my mic arm.
0: That's all right. I might. Uh, I might sample. <laughs> I'm grabbing little <laughs> sound bites now from different things. So. I've got some people saying certain things. And uh, so I've got uh, from an episode, I've got uh, Dave Belknap doing, doing his um, James Brown impression. Oh, he did. uh, Cause I was, we were talking in the chat about James Brown had this. um, He had somebody work who worked for him, who stood at the site, who sat at the side of the, uh, the stage and they had a, they had a ledger. Uh, a notebook, but like a ledger, and uh, any time that a musician was slightly wrong, it would point at the musician, and then that chap would have to write on the ledger that person's name, and they would dock them money from from their from their pay for making mistakes. Oh, I've I've heard yes. about that. So uh, so Dave Dave did this hilarious one where he goes two dollar. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Except he did a better version than me. <laughs> uh
1: yours is better than anything I could do. My my voice is a little hoarse.
0: I've been trying to practice. <laughs> <laughs> really? So we ended up with with about two and a half hours of footage that I've got to troll I've got to trawl through to make an episode out of now. And that, that's yeah oh, i damn. know so wow I, d- I don't want another one of those for a while my new design that somebody's done that for me for free
1: i uh, i like that the the, the pot, peas in a pod
0: absolutely yeah yeah i thought they did well with louise's initial idea of that picture that she did, they they basically took the picture that Louise that I put up of Louise's, which was a bit, you know, she she wasn't that happy with it. She thought she was a bit embarrassed, but I think they've done a brilliant job with that. I like it. Oh, I I know a recent find that a recent find that I thought thinks brilliant is that um, Winter of Discontent. Have you heard that yet?
1: I I've heard of it. OK, I it's the one that goes through the Niagara reels of the Get Back sessions, right?
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's on episode four and he's still on day one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I put something up about it and he said, oh, trust me, he says you're still on day one for episode eight.
1: Oh wow!
0: It's like wow. He's he's. That's going to be a long-running series.
1: <laughs> oh, he's giving himself room.
0: Crikey! Did you see that I put up the other day on my Instagram where I was being told that I was listening to too many podcasts, basically. By who? By my iPhone. Oh. He <laughs> was saying to me, you spent too long, it's damaging your ears, you need to need to cut down. And I'm like, fun.
1: <laughs> Tell your phone to quit being a narc.
0: I know, uh, it's that new iOS.
1: Simple pleasures.
0: So, where were we going then?
1: If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Would you put electronic sound at number one?
0: I have never heard electronic sounds. I haven't actually got that
1: you should it's a trip right now by saying that I didn't exactly say it was a good record, but it's a trip
0: no that's good i'm I'm irritated that I didn't get uh the Apple Years box set when it came out and now um it's far too expensive for me to be able to afford. Is it one of those
1: frustrating ones that it, it's now out of print, and is stupidly expensive?
0: Yes, yeah, you can't can't get it officially now because it's out of print. So you have to go and buy it from from eBay, where I think it's about six hundred pounds. Jesus on Christ! What? So, um, what makes it more? irritating is I've got the Dark Horse box set, but I've not got that set. See, The same thing happened with
1: the the Beatles mono vinyl reissues. I I put off buying any Beatles reissues because it's just like, you know, I'd rather buy the other ones. And then by the time I wanted to start buying the mono ones, they were out of print. And so Sgt. Pepper and Help are now like $200. Wow. And Luckily, I was able to get the the stereo box, which you know was very common, and even that I think is now out of print. But I was able to snag it for I think maybe three hundred dollars, three hundred fifty.
0: We're going off on tangents here, aren't we? <laughs> it
1: tends to happen.
0: Well, with with me. <laughs> with me as well. That's why I do half, an hour and a half recordings, and sometimes they come out as 45-minute episodes.
1: See, I don't edit out the tangents.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether or not to broach the subject of the move and, uh, and Beatles... And I mean the uh, Birmingham, the Birmingham scene of the sixties. The Brumby. Yes, I'm of the opinion that in some ways that the Brummy um, scene was more varied than the Liverpool scene. I,
1: I'd say so. Birmingham produced, uh, I'd, I'd say, uh, like the Beatles. Liverpool had the Beatles, and you know they also had, you know, Jerry R.I.P. Uh, they had Billy J. Kramer, Scylla. but. You know, Birmingham had the Move. They had the Moody Blues. They had the Idle Race. And then they had Black Sabbath.
0: That's where I'm going. Yeah, and Led Zeppelin. Really? Well, you've got um, uh, Robert Plant and John Bonham. They're both. Oh yeah. They're both Birmingham lads. Ah. Oh. So you, you've got the the half of Led Zeppelin, shall we say? I yeah. suppose. Yeah. i sometimes wonder actually even now i wonder if danny lane wasn't particularly given as much in the early days of wings as he, as he could have been i don't know
1: I, I guess it's just a what if
0: yeah because i seem to think that you know i would only smile was a good yeah. song
1: well, could you imagine what Wings could have been like if they weren't just the Paul McCartney band?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like if if like Jimmy McCulloch had more songs.
0: Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. And I've I've always wondered what would have happened if you McCracken had have said yes to joining Wings. That would've been interesting. we need Paul to come on and do these shows so that he can answer all these questions.
1: Yeah. Well, it seemed like he was getting close last year with all the promotion for McCartney three. Like he's doing anything.
0: Yeah. I think, I think he should go on, you know, when they was fab and, and then he could go on fans on the run and (laughs) that'd be a bit, it'd be a bit meta that wouldn't it? Really.
1: Although it'd be weird. You know, Hey, Hey Paul, how did you first discover the Beatles?
0: I think the problem sometimes with with things like that is that sometimes I think the people interviewing him are a bit yeah. lazy with the questions, and uh, you know I think I think they they need to do their own work a bit and think, I wonder what question I could ask that he's not been asked or that he doesn't get asked very often. Yeah, just to, just to almost like catch him out and get something different from him.
1: You occasionally see it happen. Like yes, the, the yes. interview with Chris Rock,
0: I feel was pretty refreshing.
1: Yeah.
0: I haven't seen that yet. So it's, I need it's good. Yeah. Favorite The beauty approach.
1: of editing.
0: But, yes. Yeah, my editing. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm looking at doing this one before all the other episodes that I've got recorded. I'm, I'm looking at bringing this one out on Monday. Oh quick turnaround because the rest of the what we recorded in november that's already in shape isn't it if you see what i mean
1: yeah oh shit that was november wasn't it, it? was the
0: end of november yes
1: that was like three or four months ago i know wow
0: <laughs> do me taking I a while most of, of you.
1: my answers are still the same
0: that's good that's good yeah yep So we've already got because we asked, asked back then about your details, where to find you, uh, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> of course, because it's bl- bl- blotto Beatles. Where that it does exactly what it says on the tin. Like fans on the run does exactly what that says on the tin. Exactly. There you go. Yeah.
1: I mean, my my parents like the Beatles. Um, you know, they aren't as crazy as I am, but my mom actually went to a, a Paul McCartney concert with my dad while she was pregnant with me. Okay. And apparently the first time I kicked was during live and let die.
0: I'm not surprised with all those fireworks going off.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Especially it was, I think it was Madison square garden. So, you know, all the fireworks going off at doors.
0: Yes, I had the same thing in Birmingham. That was an indoor uh, indoor uh, venue, and but when he st- when he did Live and Let Die, I thought, blimey, I've I've never seen fireworks indoors. Yeah, it was it was quite something.
1: <laughs> it was quite something. Uh, that something might be a fire hazard. I
0: know. And then three years later, I went to see Iron Maiden at, at an indoor arena, and they did fireworks in their their performance as well mm-hmm. indoors.
1: I mean, since you're in Birmingham, might have had to call the fire brigade. <laughs> See the building start to really burn.
0: Ooh. Ooh. I wonder if that ended up in the diary of Ovis Wimp. As an entry.
1: Ah, uh, just a load of useless information. Absolutely.
0: I'm glad it's not Christmas every day.
1: Something, something. See my baby jive.
0: That is a really good song. That is really. Good.
1: That is. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I I've also been listening to rock and roll
0: winter quite a bit. Yes. Lately, yeah, I I've got that. On my, I have that on my Christmas playlist every year. That's that a, song. That's a good. That's a good one. Um,
1: also, Birmingham bands. I forgot. Slade.
0: Yes, also- Slade. Yes, in flames. Yes, yes. Exa- Well,
1: I've been trying to find that movie, but it, it's I can't seem to find it.
0: You know, you're going to make me look now, aren't you? I wonder if I can find it somewhere. Oh, you've got me looking there. You know, if this goes in, it goes in the eventual show. This is going to be really fascinating.
1: I would have thought I, I checked the other day, because I, I don't even buy that many like DVDs anymore. Like, if I can buy the Blu-ray, I will.
0: No, I know, I know what you mean. I'm the same. What's this one like? I found it in the states for you. Oh. Well, what? What? Slade in flame. Slade in flame DVD. It's a, it's a double set with a CD with it.
1: Oh, where is it?
0: Uh, let's have a look. Where does it say? Uh, like what is it? eBay. Mind you, that's yeah, that's forty dollars eighty five cents. Okay, that's,
1: that's a little steep for a a CD DVD, but it's better than seventy pounds.
0: Uh, that's from Florida.
1: Okay, I've heard of Florida. Shh,
0: so have I. Let's have a look. Or Flow Rider, as he likes to call himself.
1: That he does. Just like how that William fella likes to call himself Will. I am.
0: So, how can I share that? Pick a lane, buddy. Yes. Yep. Copy. Have you got the uh, chat open in Zoom?
1: Uh, I can have the chat open. Yeah, I have it open now.
0: Here we go. There we are. That's a link to that my dear, that's the 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 UK version of eBay that site that i've sent you
1: oh don't worry i'm i'm quite familiar with ebay.co.uk you guys have british records for sale a lot cheaper than north american sellers I like that's um, how i got the i can hear the grass grow single for like
0: i got i got the archive the deluxe edition of the archive reissue for ram cheaper getting it from the american amazon site than than the british one
1: seriously
0: seriously so i ordered it there and i think i saved about 25 pounds which is quite significant
1: huh
0: so, uh, so so i ordered it from america and got it shipped over to here which still cost me cost me less money than than buying it using the amazon prime from england <laughs> terrible dear me so is that link okay for the slade that's the best that, yeah that's the cheapest i've found it for you
1: I mean, I could probably pirate it somewhere. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. And get it for like zero dollars.
0: I couldn't believe it. I think, was it about six years ago I was watching uh, BBC or something and then uh, I looked in the television guide and they actually had inflamed the film on uh, on television that night. So I I actually watched it on television and I thought, wow, you never see that actually, wait, does it ship to Canada? From the US? That's a good point.
1: Well, if they ship it to the It UK... says postage it says postage to United States, Europe. Uh, does it exclude Canada? It doesn't It it doesn't explicitly exclude Canada. So I might be able to.
0: Well, if not, you could always get it shipped to Ed or Lonnie. That is and true. And then, then get them to send it to you. Yeah. After Lonnie's watched it.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what Lonnie would think of, or what Lonnie thinks of Slade. Well, I'm going to have to bring that up in the next episode. That's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, Lonnie, have you ever seen the 1975 film Slade and Flame? Yep. No, Ethan. I I don't
0: think I have. It fits well in a in a show all about the Beatles.
1: Yeah. I I once did a kind of Texan accent at the end of an episode, but I, I stopped doing it because <laughs> I'm not sure if it came off like I was making fun of them. <laughs> Y'all come back now. You're here. Oh yes. Yeah.
0: That's good. I thought that was good. Well done.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, those boys are from Houston. They are. Yeah, I'm from Canada.
0: You come back now, (laughs) y'all.
1: Yeah, come back now, you hear?
0: I told you I'm bad at accents.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. I'm only good at, like, other accents just because I watch a lot of Monty Python and I'm able to parrot, pun intended, those sketches.
0: Hopefully Zoom will come through and not do what it did with the previous one that I've got to re-record all my dialogue for because it speeded me up.
1: Luckily, I've never had to do that.
0: When it's done the conversion, I'm speaking like somebody that's from um, from uh, New, New York or something where they talk really quickly. It's like I'm on speed or something. <laughs> anyway, Ethan, thank you very much for that, mate. And I'll uh, I'll catch you soon. If if you need me for anything, you know, just just call on me and we'll sort something out if ever. Sounds good. Okay. I, I enjoyed chatting with you again. You too. It's great chatting with you. You take care, Ethan. Thanks for this. You too, Marv. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. bye So, um, I hear that congratulations are in order for... Because you're now Bro, a member of... Uh, what's on going on? When there was... Sorry, sorry. I'm trying to go from one question to another.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I know. I'm just... I'm doing my alarmed
0: bit. Excuse me? What? <laughs> what? Congratulations for who? Congratulations. Why? You've won an award.
1: I win the award for most depressed teenager in
0: my room. You win the award for most pictures going online that you've done on everybody else's Instagram
1: That That's true. (laughs) Hi, Tom and Andy.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, so what? Do you know what we might feel good to that then?